Thank you for tuning into Healing Race. In this video, I reflect on how the threat of racial discrimination and violence has impacted me and my relationships and the walls that our racial challenges can lead us to put up between each other. We also talked about whether the focus on racial stories in today's media is a net good or net bad for society and race relations, discussing both its upsides and downsides. So let's get to that conversation now, starting first with a clip from episode two that triggered the conversation. Enjoy. deaths have been very public yeah. in this country, like with lynching, when the people had lynching parties, right? So it was a spectacle. You came, you bought, you know, you know, alcoholic beverages to watch this black man be hung and strung from a tree or whatever tortured, you know, however you wanted to, you know, assault his dignity and murder the person ultimately, right? And even with George Floyd, that was a very graphic, like I said, it's look at a snuff film. Like that was a very graphic scene. And so those images, when you're a part of that group, for me, are seared into your mind. No, you know, that's seared into your mind. And I mean, it's just something that's unforgettable. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. What are you sorry for? I'm sorry that, you're apologizing sorry that you feel I'm sorry that you have felt and do feel that way. A fear for your physical safety, among other things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate your, your desire to want to apologize. Sort of like when the, the woman apologized to you for everything that happened to the Jews when you were in Germany. I appreciate that. And I accept it, you know. But for me personally, and I'm speaking for me personally now in this moment, is just a part of being black. So I'm just, I mean, I just kind of learned to live with it. I think I'm thinking about myself and <clears throat> that um, one of the ways I've, I've cultivated almost like detachment as a means of psychological preservation. Like I just kind of noticed how detached, like when, like even when you, when you gave the apology and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And, Okay, and I, after that I said, I just learned to live with it. Like, and I, it makes me wonder, because I feel, it makes me wonder how many other black people have evolved in that manner. Like, I'm just noticing how really detached I am. And even when you were making the point, even when you were making the point that you would be founded in your trepidation about the other things, but I seriously doubted about the physical harm, if, I would not let go of that psychologically because it felt like I was opening myself up. That's what I was seeing of the man who was speaking in that moment. Um, and then it was, it was like, it was, it was, it was a bit of, of detachment. Like, like in order to survive psychologically, I guess with the stress of what it could, what it could, you know, uh, 
you know, uh, how do I say this? Uh, in part on my life as being black, I've learned to accept just some really negative things about humanity. Mm. What's the hesitation? So when I was talking about the difference between let's say advantage and, and someone who would do you harm, and you said there was a hesitation about acknowledging that as a possibility of the way that the world might be um, among, you know, within white hearts. What, and I take your point, by the way, at some point in there, you say, it's easy for me to, it was kind of while mm -hmm. I was also talking. So I don't know if how well it got picked up, but you said, it's easy for me to say, right? Um, because I'm not the one who's threatened by that potential. Mm -hmm. And that's completely fair, right? Mm -hmm. um, right, your need to be more guarded is because of a greater threat, certainly than me. Uh, I mean, you, I, I guess the way for me, the hesitation, I kind of, as I've been watching a lot of British history lately, I look at it like a castle and every part, every, you know, part of the psychological castle in my mind needs to be shored up for defense. Mm -hmm. And so that means I can't allow any brick to be taken away. So I've built up this psychology in my mind, this castle, this for this fortress of keeping what's most vulnerable and and tender about me protected and it felt as though to 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 let that go would be removing a brick from the cornerstone which could potentially threaten the castle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that analogy yeah the lead, yeah the analogy i'm i'm what i'm hearing is that it there's still the feeling that to do so would to leave you would be to leave you open to harm. Mm -hmm. um, that the narrative itself causes you to live in some way that protects you. Mm -hmm. And to have any kind of change of narrative would mean to change that protection and leave you open to what the narrative tells you could happen. Yeah. Based on how I, based on the things I've seen in the world. Yeah. Do you... kind of do you you mentioned in that clip the the graphic way in which black mm -hmm. killings have been shown how public it's been how public it's been yeah mm -hmm. does that how do you feel about that right i mean on one hand a george floyd right seeing it is acknowledging a truth. Mm -hmm. And I watched the nine minute version of yeah. uh, that circumstance. Yeah. And same with hearing the James Byrd in incident, right? Um, it's saying, hey, society, look what happened or listen to what happened. Mm -hmm. This is something that as you put earlier, this has to stop, mm -hmm. right? But on the other hand, it also sears something into your mind. It does. Right? And that's why that's why they it, do it. Yeah. And it magnifies the potential or probability of it. Um, and there's lots of psychology behind that. And so I'm like really conflicted about this. I'm conflicted because we need to know the truth, right? Because the truth of, of events that occur, right? It shook people up. The George Floyd incident shook people up. Yes. But <laughs> are you experiencing it? 
it's another, I would imagine, another example of the very thing that you fear. Yeah. And um, it's I mean, another really example of something to sear into your mind that then has an impact on how you engage. And so I don't know, is it net positive? Is it net negative? Is it, how, how do we, I guess, how do we come to know the truth in a way that motivates us to change it, but also doesn't heighten the wariness and distance that we put between one another? And also give credence to the message of, of you know, that of the, the, the perpetrator was trying to send. Like those things were done in the context of the events, but they were also sending broader messages to Black people. Like mm -hmm. they, that's a person trying to send a message, mm -hmm. right? And that message is, quite frankly, you are not welcomed here. Mm. <laughs> you are just straight up not welcome here. Why do you think whenever we're critical of the United States, what's the first thing white people say? Go back to Africa. We're not from Africa. We're from here. Mm. We're part of the African diaspora genetically, but nationally, we are from here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The message is you are not welcomed or, or you only exist to the extent and with the parameters that I see fit. Yeah, I just see such a fight in our culture around this, and you know, it's not an easy, it's not an easy one to find the right solution for. But the 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 conflict that I see is, on one side, people say we need to concentrate on racial issues because racial issues are real, right? Yes. And so we need to see the George Floyd incidents, mm -hmm. right? And then I hear on the other side, we're concentrating so much on race. Um, is it just dividing us further and creating more distance, more animosity? Um, I don't know the way to thread the needle, but this is, I guess, a little bit of what I'm trying to, I, I wonder your perspectives, because you talk about how much these things are seared in your mind, these, these events. And then you also comment on your kind of detachment in that clip or sense of distance where you have this feeling of not wanting to acknowledge a, a reality that I'm sharing with you, my reality, yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't accept it. Yeah, um, whatever. About, about, you know, the prevalence of one, one form of mm -hmm. discrimination versus another that's more violent. Yep. And I have to imagine that those seared images in your mind at least aggravate that that holding on to the castle, as you put it, uh, the yeah. wall. The, the essentially, wall. essentially, the message hit home. Yeah, the, the, the message hit home. Yes, like I said, the message. The, though when the, when people do that, they're sending a message, and the message hit home. Yeah. Mind yourself, mind yeah. yourself. And for me personally, the message hit home. That's yeah. why I wouldn't accept your narrative because the message hit home. You know, it, it, the, the reason I said sorry was I just was kind of reflecting on it was because it made me realize in, in, in throughout that conversation, it made me realize the gravity of those images that, that are seared in your mind. Um, I think yeah. it made me realize the gravity, it made me realize the castle. Um, 
is what it made me realize. And so during my recent incident with the border patrol people, I was the first of that these people can detain me. I did, it didn't feel racial because I was in the baggage claim of an airport, right? So there were all kinds of races around. But the fact that, but I was pulled over, I'm like these, not pulled over, but uh, you know, accosted. And these people can detain you and have all sorts of suspicions. And so my, I, I went to disarm, disarm, disarm. So charming personality, very transparent answers to the questions. Because uh, I was- going, You don't have a charming personality when you're not under threat? It depends on the day you catch me. <laughs> it really does. Like I'm classic Pisces, so who knows what you're going to get that day. But definitely, you know, don't answer questions that seem like my point is don't have an attitude when you're giving a response. Like keep every, it was, it was a white man and a, a white woman. And it could have been, he could have just been in training or whatever. And that is their job to, you know, stop, you know, trafficking of illegal stuff. Right. And I wasn't doing that. And I told him, you know, I'm coming back and you know, back and forth and they saw my ring. So they knew I was telling the truth about the fiance bit and et cetera. Uh, but yeah, it was always prevalent in my mind. Okay, what are what are my tools here? So make sure calm voice, transparent answers, be charming, you know, basically put these two white people at ease, make them feel comfortable. And I did. Yeah. And I wasn't detained. Because that was my goal. I was like, because these people could have all kinds of suspicions. They and because he asked me, you know, what's in your bag? I said, just my clothing and some coffee. Because it's Costa Rica, right? You bring back the coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so that's just like I said, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that 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 all the more drives home the mantra of you know that you've had um, about what would that be like, um, you know, to not have to deal with that? It, mm-hmm. it, it, I think it, the, the, the sorry was also n- not just realizing kind of the impact of those, the images seared in your mind, not only the, the castle, as you put it, that was built, but that also the energy taken, the energy expended mm-hmm. on, on being concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maintaining the castle. You have yeah. to put mortar between the bricks, like <laughs> literally yeah. maintaining the castle. Yeah. And in all the ways that that energy, I guess, could be used mm-hmm. if that castle didn't need to be there. Yeah, if it didn't need to be there. So, yeah. Thank you for watching this episode of Healing Race and stay with us for a scene from our next video. If you want to see more conversations like the one you just watched, please subscribe to our channel, share this video with friends and family, and like and comment on the video below. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our episodes and have an open, real conversation about race, email us at guests at healingraceshow.com. And if there are topics you think we should cover, we'd love to hear them. So please email your ideas to topics at healingraceshow.com. As always, thanks for your support. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you. Now, here's a scene from our next healing race. And what I want to emphasize to you, given the events in Buffalo, is the concreteness of the delivery to make it public. There's a reason that perpetrator live streamed it to make it public. We die in public ways to send a message and still do. 
I'm gonna need a drink after this conversation. <laughs> not <laughs> like notes because you because I'm holding back tears as you yeah. like <laughs> yeah. I apologize for interrupting you, but this no, is no, no. really heavy stuff for me. In real, this is really this is really heavy stuff. This is these yeah. are lives. Yeah. You know, it's it's and I know I may get flack for this will be made public, but it's the life of that 18 year old who was radicalized. It was the life of the people who were taken, whose lives are no longer here on earth with us, who are, are now our angels. And it is the life of those that they left behind who now have to make sense of their world without the loved one in it. Yeah. You know, like it's, this is just, it's 360 devastation.